Welcome to Batchadamia, a podcast so educational it could be a university class. With your hosts, Danielle Dick McGue, Kim Hanna, and Bill Henniger. Hey, everybody. Happy post Thanksgiving. We did it. We made it through a season of Bachelor in Paradise that seemed never ending. And we're here to recap the whole season, the last half of it. Super fun, super awesome. And I'm coming to you live from a public library. So don't forget to support your public libraries, everybody. The amount of commitment, the amount of commitment that you are showing going to the public library to do this is is incredibly braggable. I know I had to like shower this morning morning and then get into my car and come into town so I could have working internet and then like a library and a reserve of space and I'm going to disappear for a hot minute in about eight minutes to renew the space that I'm in it's very exciting way to go public libraries Mm -hmm. um okay so let's get started I have a question for all of you after the episodes that we watched this week and the last half of the season we saw everybody come back for the after the final rose or whatever they call it when it's Bachelor in Paradise. And so I have a question for you based on Tuesday night's episode. Are you ready for it? Yes. Bring it. What do you think Logan, who or what do you think Logan looked like at the after the rose ceremony with his turtleneck and his blazer? Because I thought, because I'm going to answer first. I thought he looked like Diane Keaton in all of the movies that Diane Keaton has done in the last 20 years. That's what I, I fe- thought. I feel like that was the the best um, not expected interpretation of all of them I saw. Like, I did not see that one coming. And then when you showed me the picture when you were at our house, I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What did you guys think he looked like? So my immediate thought was that he looks like the villain from Minions. And then I looked up the villain from Minions and he kind of looks nothing like the villain from well, Minions. So, isn't, isn't he, he doesn't have hair, right? He doesn't have hair, which like I do think was an important, important piece of like the Logan appearance transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it misses that, but it does have long legs. Like the minion villain has long legs and we all know that an important feature of Logan is that he's tall. (laughs) And then it also is like in a suit, like there's something about like it's turtleneck and the villain's turtleneck and stuff like that, that yeah, Logan was like given some like mad, like villain vibes, even though I think that he was redeeming himself a bit in the reunion episode did you are you thinking he looks like Gru? i think that's what she's saying yes okay i thought that too yeah 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 <laughs> i speak fluent danielle guys i speak fluent danielle <laughs> i'm like i watch these things non-stop like minions is one of the movies we watch in the van when we go on trips okay and yet somehow i am it's like i've learned to like you know, block things out enough that hmm. my kids are watching that despite having had it on for hundreds of hours, I don't really know character names or anything like that. Loosely plots, you know. 
I I got the Groo vibe too. And then I my next thought was like, but he doesn't have hair. Yeah. The, um, yeah. I got like 80s villain. I feel like we all kind of agreed on the 80s villain at our house. And that that was really what he was giving off with the turtleneck and like a Bond villain, maybe, but that'd be in the 70s and 60s. But yeah. Very Swedish, maybe, you know, like like very sleek architect. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen the episode of How I Met Your Mother when they bring in the other architect firm to redo the bank that Barney works at. And it's this like Swedish architect firm. And I think they all have on turtlenecks and jackets and like their hair combed back. And it's like uh, the funniest thing, because I think all Logan had to have done is like show up like his regular, like kind of dopey self. Uh-huh. And he would have like just, I think, come out on top. Oh, yeah. On this episode. And then he like rolls in with like the slick back hair and the turtleneck. And even though I think, I mean, he was a little intense. Yeah. He was kind of like that kid that comes back from like freshman year of high school from the summer and is like decided to switch from emo or jock to like sophisticated. And he came in and he's like, started pronouncing words with the correct, like, you know, diction for the, it's like, I had croissant today. And it's like, oh, for kids, a croissant, buddy. <laughs> I went the to- guy that does his study abroad. And when he comes home, he yes. always talks about his study abroad yeah. and dress differently. When I was in Italy, I went to, and it's like, oh, Jesus. God. I ate, I ate, when I was in Perry, I ate yeah. croissant yeah. all the time. At the Louvre. Magnifique. And you're like, yeah. shut up. You're from rural Iowa. Calm down. <laughs> I love it. All right. Yay. Woo! So All right. in in essence, don't wear a turtleneck and a blazer because you look ridiculous. Or do. Go off. Go off. Or do and go all in. Yeah. All right. I'm going to start us off with a concept that I think we all could talk about. And then I'm going to have to pop off. Real quick, the original way. <laughs> She's got to pump the meter. <laughs> so I'm going to kick us off. And then if I dis- if I get quiet for a hot minute, it's because I'm putting my library card number back in the machine to use this space. My for concept number one is Kate. That's the conversation. Kate. What do we think about Kate? What was Kate? What was Kate's role on the show? Did we like Kate? Did we not like Kate? Do we have Kates in our lives? Let's talk about well, she paused. <laughs> the public library. <laughs> that was perfect timing. Off. That was perfect timing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll start out in general, not a Kate fan. Really? No. I mean, she was great for entertainment on television. Um, but as like a human being, eesh. see, I think I I think I would be fine in our friend group with her. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to date her. Our general consensus when we were watching the whole the episode, you know, in the season was that she's the type of person that gets off on like having a guy that seems really masculine that she can just like, like pin down. Right. And like insult him in front of people. Like I wouldn't, I don't think I would do well dating her, but I think I would find her quite fun if she was one of our friends. Oh. See, I find her, (laughs) I find her like, I can't imagine myself friends with a 
house, you know, like, uh, you know, what are the housewife shows? You know, oh, like, yeah, she has strong that vibe, you yeah. know, just like high maintenance, kind of shallow, like. And on top of that, really not self-aware to have shown up at the reunion episode after she said all of these things, she's been like, people have been calling her out on the internet for weeks about like how classes she is. And then she's, she doubled down like at the reunion show. Wasn't she the one who also said. <laughs> I don't know what she said. I like anticipation. <laughs> well, so you think you'd be friends with her though. Well, I mean, I think she'd be the type of friend that in in my friend group, I'd be like, I'd find her entertaining because it seemed like everybody on the beach besides the person she was dating, like genuinely liked her. Um, But maybe they didn't. Maybe they just tolerated her. But like she was like kind of trying to be caring. I don't know. Yeah, I think her antics I would find uh, funny, but I would not be she'd not be the person I'd call and be like, hey, you want to go out to coffee today or something like that? You know, she would be like a great friend to have around because she might give me a discount on Botox. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. like, there's like, you do have like those friends that like, it's kind of fun to have someone that is, you're like, oh, like I'm trying so hard to be a good human. It's really nice to be around someone that's just like not, you know? Yeah, no. Yeah. I think they're like, they're fun to be around for like once a month. You go out and drink with them. They say mean stuff about their partner. Um, they get pissy with a waiter. You know, you you drink. They get in a fight with somebody, and then it's like you're like, all right, I've had my my one day with uh, Kate. Uh, I'm fine. I don't need to see her for a while. Um, but I think as a person, she's kind of horrible, right? I mean, she was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Her uh, her comments about like how little money he made and. She was like, I need a guy with a big bank account and a big dick. I don't know. I might edit that out if I can figure out how to do it and post it <laughs> just so I can do it like ABC. But I, I feel like like all that was pretty ridiculous. And I couldn't tell, like, is that her or is she putting on? Um, yeah, I mean, so she did finally issue an apology where she's like, my comments were really, you know, classist and problematic. I had heard that she is like in the running for a television show. That is a little bit housewife-esque. I can't remember the name really? of the show. Yeah. And where she live? I don't, I don't know. I, I did read all of these things, but I'm not my I'm like in I ate two Thanksgiving meals two days in a row. Like I can't retrieve useful information at this point. But I I do think there's ways that she felt like she was playing that role, you know. She definitely seemed like she was trying to, um, trying to like ham it up. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. So do you have a concept that we should talk about, Bill? Did, um, I wanted to talk about the, uh, hero restoration journey of, <laughs> um, why am I blanking on her name now? Um, Shanae? Yes. Shanae yeah. kind of came away um, being a pretty like likable person, right? Yeah. She left. She broke up with one of the um, one of the twins, but I felt like the breakup was 
as kind as the breakup could be, right? Like she was no, she was a mess in that breakup. Really? Yeah, because she was like, what did she say? She tried to be nice, but then she like started like making like like isn't that when she was like, well, you're not a man because of like how old he is. Well, she said, (laughs) I need a man. Uh, she didn't say you're not a man, and he said, I'm not a man, and she was like well, you know, I need these things. And it's like, I feel like he, like, like she was trying to be nice. And, and I just have this theory in like breaking up with people. Okay. You break up with them and you try to be nice. And it is their option to like, take the olive branch of you letting them, you know, get out with your dignity or you can push back. And then they're probably going to be honest. And I felt like that poor young lad was like, how am I not a man? I mean, I live with my parents and it's like, I think that is a legitimate concern. If you are like, I don't know how old Shanae is. Kim, do you know how old Shanae is? She's like 27, I think. Okay. So she's probably getting close to where she's like thinking long-term. Right. And I just, I think you are well within your rights to be like, I can't date you. I'm not sure that you're, you can be an adult for me. Right. And I felt like she was trying to say that nicely. <laughs> she I just felt like, I felt like her intentions were there, but her uh-huh. execution was poor. Um, but despite that, I do think she had gained enough credibility with us all that we're like, Oh, Sinead just is kind of a mess sometimes. And we're like all okay with it, but generally like, like her. Yeah. Um, and I feel like because this is like a thing that you study, I can't challenge you on this. But <laughs> I did not feel like she handled that breakup the smoothest. Well, I mean, it wasn't. Yeah, it's not. It's not going into the Hall of Fame of breakups. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> like, I wouldn't be like, hey, we're talking about breakups today in class. And I'm going to show you this <laughs> example of a great breakup with our I'll, girl, Shanae. Like, I'll allow it. Know? I'll allow it. Yes, I, I agree. That was- I feel very cheated that not once did we hear or see her eat or mention shrimp the entire season. Was she that the shrimp person? She was, yeah, the, she shrimp was the shrimp person. person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She was like, I had four shrimps. <laughs> and they said, I, so yeah, I thought that um, I agree with you. That was not the best breakup. But it's also like, I think people like her because she's blunt. And it's, I guess you, I just, I'm of the mind that you don't get to like the bluntness in somebody or like their kookiness or their strangeness. And then when it comes down to something emotional, be like, all right, but don't be you right now. All right. I need you to be a full functioning adult. (laughs) It's like, I just think you're like, yeah. I do think that her personality traits that before were really off putting on Mm -hmm. the show did become endearing over time. Like as we've gotten to know her, like some of those same traits are like endearing. And you also recognize that she um, is more multifaceted than just those traits. So I do think that there is some, there is definitely a redemption story still in Shanae. Well, and you could see like with her and Genevieve, they became friends. And I think the thing that made them so opposed on the bachelor was what brought them together because i feel like they're both really loyal people and like Mm -hmm. once they decided they were going to be friends they seem to like really stick together and look out for each other but i have a feeling like that is what drove them apart because they stake their claim and they don't back down they don't take a second 
kind of like what you were saying in the breakup if she would have like taken a break and been like how do I want to phrase this instead of just being like you're not a man that being said I don't think either of the twins qualify for manhood at this point there. <laughs> no. well and I think that if Genevieve and Shanae had wanted to both date Aaron or both date Logan what we saw on The Bachelor would be what we saw on Bachelor in Paradise oh yeah Except for, I thought that it was interesting that there was that tension between Kate and Shanae for a little while. And that, like, plot line just fell off. And then you started seeing them, like, hanging out and talking and being friends, too. So I think that there was also probably um, a conversation there where they also repaired the relationship that we didn't see. But there was a little bit of that tension going on between Shanae and Kate for a bit yeah neither of them seem like the person who can uh back down right like I'm surprised that both of them just kind of agreed to disagree maybe it was because Shanae just was like I'm out I'm out on Logan and if there only would have been one person like Kim said then you just fight for that one person because you're on the show and that's what you do but when you have other options and I didn't get the feeling that Shanae had really connected with anyone that she found worth no. fighting for like that. She was there like I would be there for the free food and the free booze and the time on the beach. Oh, yeah. Kim, if you were uh, if you were going to date one of the twins, would you at this point in your life, would you be like, you're a man, I want you or are they a, <laughs> they a hard pass? They are a hard pass because oh. I'm old enough to be their mother. <laughs> Well, isn't that also, well, that is also probably one of your requirements, but didn't you say that like one of your like three requirements for dating you is that they don't live with their parents? Correct. That is absolutely correct. They need a boat. Access to a boat. Access to a boat. They don't live with their parents. And they have a job. And they have a job. My standards are very low. I'm not sure if the twins met any of those, to be honest. I don't think they did. <laughs> oh, well. I feel like some of the debate was if Instagram and Twitter or TikTok counted as a job. It does for some people. It doesn't for me, though. Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Danielle, well, your, your concept? Okay, so one of the concepts that I wanted to talk about is kind of me putting Bill a little bit on the spot. But I couldn't quit thinking about the concept of chemistry, like who has chemistry and like, is the chemistry there with folks? And I wanted to know, like, is that a real concept that you can like study? Can you measure chemistry? Like, is that like a real freaking thing? That's a good question. So I have never seen it like defined as chemistry, but there's like components of it. Right. And so like physical attraction or attraction, I think that's probably a word we use for chemistry. Um, what we know is that people who date long-term or find other people attractive are, um, uh, similar. And then you like people who like you. So I think those are probably the three things that become chemistry, right? The person's gotta be, um, someone you find attractive physically, you know, mentally, emotionally, um, They have to be somebody who is also attracted to you. So there has to be reciprocity and then they probably have to be similar to you. And those three come together to make chemistry, I would assume. 
So I was thinking about chemistry. That's really helpful um, and interesting because I was thinking about chemistry and relationship to Genevieve and Aaron, right? Mm -hmm. They have this like super explosive like relationship in a lot of ways. Like it's either like super, it's intense either Mm -hmm. on either side. And then they have like my favorite episode of the whole season was when they had their fight about itching and whether or not it's pain. And it became really interesting to me how people like were defining those moments. So some people were like, this is really unhealthy. This is a red flag, which I kind of tend to lean towards (laughs) there. But other people were also like, oh, they just have like intense chemistry. And like, this is their moment that like, it's even like their fighting was part of like what fueled this like hot passion. Um, And I definitely feel like I read enough crappy romance novels to know (laughs) that's like also like a theme. Sometimes it's like intense, like there's an intensity um, there. And so I don't know, what do you all think about Aaron and Genevieve and their chemistry? (laughs) Well, I, I think that intensity and chemistry and fighting can be fine until you are the friend that's with them having to listen to them fight all the time. And then you're like, for the love of God, can you just get a l-? speaking as we just came out of Thanksgiving, right? Can for the love of God, can you just stop fighting for five minutes or just be civil with each other while we're around other people? So that's my first comment on that. And then my second comment is you kind of watched Genevieve like, shut down several times when Aaron was talking, when they were having their arguments and things. And she just kind of like, just like he would keep talking at her and telling her different things. And then her, her eyes just sort of like glazed over and she just stopped. And that seems very problematic to me. But -hmm. when they were good, they were good. But when they were bad, they were bad. Yeah, I think if you if you looked online, people who had experienced a like an abusive relationship emotionally, they really like jumped at that. They identified her as, you know, this is this is something that I did when I felt like I was backed into a corner. You just shut down when you get bullied by people like this. And and so that's that's not good. That's not a good that's not a recipe for success. I can see Danielle laughing at me because I've I've made a real statement right here. Like that's not good when one <laughs> partner shuts the other one down. Um but there I is agree. like I support you. Yeah. <laughs> but there is research that like, you know, people who argue have happy relationships as long as they argue in a way where you improve the outcome of your relationship. And what I always tell class when I talk about this is like that says nothing about how you argue. So there are some people that like to argue by like yelling and they get it out and then they go to their mutual corners, they come back and then they agree on a, uh, you know, a way to fix the problem. And then they're happy. There are people who have very measured conversations and they still have this outcome that improves it. Um, so really it's kind of like, how do you want to argue? And can the people, the person you're with fight fair? Um, and that's probably the biggest thing is like, can you fight fair when you fight? Um, but we have a type of, uh, they, they have a type of relationship it's called ludic love that um, they like defines kind of them where it's like very hot and very cold and, you know, they're back and forth and, you know, it they're passionate. It seems like it would be hard to sustain, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think so. 
yeah at some point you'd have to have some type of like stasis um yeah but yeah i don't know i i don't know if like that type of love like if that relationships last or maybe they like after a while they work together and they kind of end up being like you know we're just not going to argue about these things like maybe also like how old are they like 24 25 i used to argue about really stupid stuff when i was 24 and 25 and then i feel like you hit a point and you're just like you know gruber from uh is it and he's like i'm too old for this shit Kim. Oh. Yeah. Uh um 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 Mel gives lethal weapon. Yeah. Yeah, you just get like way too like you're just like this is just isn't worth it to argue about. Yeah, I, I feel that at work too. Both personally <laughs> you like like what is like worth like you're the you know like what you're going to battle for like gets more and more narrow as you get older and it's yeah. really freaking freeing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like in happy relationships, you just are like at some point there's some things that you're just like, I'm just doing it. I'm just gonna do it. I like I could I could stand on this hill and die, but what's the point of this argument? Like I just want us to have a nice day. I will rinse the dishes or I will do this. Yeah. Yes, we're gonna be late again. Yeah. <laughs> what about what about you, Kim? What was the question? I don't know. <laughs> I just, I just want to make sure you feel involved. I. What do you, what are you I'm, fighting about? What are you, your what are your you name doing? your name box I up know, there? I'm like so you were ready to say Wi-Fi keeps cutting out. I feel like half the time I say something and then the screen freezes and I don't know if anyone's actually hearing me or if I'm just talking into a void, which is how I live my life most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question again? How do I feel about fighting? Yeah. Oh, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. it makes me very uncomfortable. When, when people are just nit, n- picking at each other yeah. all day long, constantly, I, I want it. I just don't enjoy it and I don't want to be around it. So um, I still, what were they arguing about? Like, who knows? It was different every time. What was the, the actual, the, the low level pain itch? What was bug that bites. argument? What? It was bug bites. But like they, there was something else they were arguing. So we talked about this in class last week. We talked about conflict and communication. And I was saying, you know, usually when there's an argument, there's actually a like a bigger thing. And it's like I, I've gone back. I just can't figure out what the bigger. I, I really can't think they were going to like. The go only to- thing that I can think of is that. Genevieve was like, no, that's a thing. And that like Aaron was not going to be corrected. Uh, right that like I don't know that I think sometimes I think you argue and it's about like you're arguing about one thing but there's like an underlying like larger thing I think that there's a chance that they were just talking about something silly and like Genevieve was like tried to correct him and then he got like that it was more about a response to the dynamics and the power dynamics than it was about anything that they were arguing about that's what i was trying to get at with my very poorly worded question i think they were having an argument about something that had to do with something totally else but yeah yeah i don't know all right kim what concept do you got for us to talk about okay i actually did four just in case you guys took my other 
that some of these other ones came up, but I think the concept I want us to talk about is, I don't know how much, how to say as a concept, but um, NC's behavior, when Andrew was talking to Jacinia and how out of the realm of what is okay to behave, I felt she was acting. And then how Andrew handled it, like the cutie patootie that he is. So when when she was, I know alcohol is involved. And I know I that so. no one, I hope alcohol is involved. But I was so embarrassed for her, for how she was acting that, and I get secondhand embarrassment for people all the time, but I was so uncomfortable with her behavior that it wasn't even enjoyable to watch. Um, and so I guess my concept is how do you, what, what kind of behavior does that show about a person and what can we learn from NC's mistakes? I'm so glad that you brought that moment up because I think that it was a really uncomfortable um, moment, but I do think that there's probably a lot to both unpack there and also to learn from in terms of like what constitutes healthy or unhealthy communication behaviors. And um, yeah, I mean, one, it was like incredibly, it just felt very desperate, right? <clears throat> and I think I got most uncomfortable the moment that she was touching him, mm -hmm. right? So when she was repeating things, that was already uncomfortable. You know, it's like you asked and he answered. You asked and he answered again. And um, he was like not making eye contact to try to create some like emotional distance there. Um, all sorts of, you know, nonverbals were also communicating, I need some space. And so then when I think she physically, like, I think grabbed his arm or touched his arm and like maybe tried to embrace him or something like that, it was, it was pretty uncomfortable. And I will say, I think that if that scene, that like moment, right, the, the sex of the people involved would have been switched, mm -hmm. that we would have had even more of a visceral reaction to that moment. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's a clear indicator or that like, I mean, she just felt like she lost, you know, she lost control of the situation and she tried to regain it and was trying to regain it in really unhealthy ways. And he was communicating. I thought Andrew handled it as gracefully as he possibly could, which probably is also what makes her look even worse. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't have much else to say, but I think you summed it up well, other than, uh, yeah. I don't know if, if anyone's ever been in one of those situations where you're like, trying to tell someone you're, you're, you know, it's probably not going to work out and they're drunk. And it's like, you did you're like, he handled it well. Like, I, yeah. Well, he said he, he stated his position and he held his boundaries. And I was like, also like that takes so much energy to like, you know, to tell somebody something that, you know, is disappointing and hard for them to hear and then have to repeat it over and over again is so challenging. And, um, yeah, I do think that that moment and particularly seeing that with a female, you know, like with a woman sort of doing that 
to a guy um, is like a really important. And I think in terms of like recognizing gender dynamics and power relationships and how, um, how things can be unhealthy both ways, you know? Yep. I just, I kept wondering, like, would she have, would this have all changed if she would have just given him the space, right? Like, because I did have some sympathy for her. What if this was just a really bad drunk reaction, right? And she just, like, just totally out of character for whatever reason it set her off. And if she would have just played it cool and been like, yeah, take your time, go talk to her. Because I felt like he wasn't had any intention of breaking up with her. Like I felt like what really set the whole thing in motion was that she wouldn't respect his like conversation. And then she seemed to be dictating what he was going to do. And I feel like at that point he was like, I need to get out of this situation and probably this relationship. Well, it just kind of proves that is she going to be like this every time he talks to any female that isn't her because guys have friends who are girls and girls have friends who are guys and if this is her behavior this is a toxic relationship well and i think they hadn't been together for very long right and um, i think like it's been 24 hours why is she behaving this way well and i mean i think that sometimes there's like one i do think they get paid pretty well for mm-hmm. each day that they're on the show. Mm-hmm. And I think what was so confusing about that entire situation is one, you're like, you all aren't like, we're nearing the end of the show by this point. Like you all aren't getting engaged. Like you're only staying no. for another couple of days. Yeah. No matter what. And yeah. like, you know, they weren't going to be two of the people on the beach at the end, you know? And so that was kind of confusing. It was also really confusing because Jacinia was like, I had felt that Andrew had already communicated pretty clearly to her that he wasn't interested. And no, Justinia did say that there is some deleted scenes, I think on, Mm -hmm. you know, she on her Instagram account and stuff like that, that made her response and her behaviors make a little bit more sense than it did to us as viewers. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, But it, because like all of that was really weird. We're like, one, you just were so sympathetic to Andrew because you felt like I don't you didn't feel like he was leading either woman on like No, he was being incredibly honest and like <laughs> boundaried and yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. He was doing as well in this situation as I think anyone could ever be expected to handle it. Yeah. I recently listened and I think I actually shared this with you, Bill, um, to a podcast. Um it's oh it's the Glendon Doyle's podcast and on it she was interviewing Melissa Urban I believe about boundaries and it was like one of the best discussions of boundaries that I had heard um and in it Melissa Urban says you know that boundaries are about they're not about you controlling other people they're not about you know it's instead it's you saying This is how I'm going to behave. And I like love that switch that it's Mm -hmm. not because I think that a lot of times people are threatened by boundaries because it feels like somebody's telling you what you can and can't do. So like, why, you know, like if I set a boundary with Bill, like you're like, well, why do you get to tell me what to do? Right. But if it's the boundaries, like here's, here's where the boundary is for me. 
if you cross, like you can do what you want, but this mm-hmm. is how I'm going to react, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, this is how I'm going to respond. This is about me kind of making clear what my um, behavior or response is going to be in a situation. Um, it was like a, like for me to have it reframed that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, I do think that Andrew was really good at like thinking about boundaries, but if you're interested in boundaries and, um, check out that podcast, it's a really great episode. If this were the Joe Rogan podcast and I was Joe Rogan, I'd be like 100%, 1000%. Yeah. I agree with you. I mean, that's, I think that's where like, cause boundaries are one of those terms that have now entered the general lexicon. Right. And people are like boundaries, boundaries, but I don't think they understand what they mean. And I think they mean exactly what you said is that this is my line. And when you cross my line, here's how I'm going to deal with it. It says nothing of your behavior. It gives you all of the agency in the world to operate how you want. It just gives you a roadmap as to when you operate this way, here's how I'm going to have to react for my own self. Well-being, yep. Yep, so. Uh, So mine's a quick one. Who's going to stay together? Are there that many people together anymore? Like who, let's just start there. Like yeah. who's still together? So Danielle and Michael. Yep. The dude with the earring. Um, the guy that looks like he's like 12. Brendan. Brandon. Oh yeah. Brendan yeah. and And you know and what? Hey, Green. I'll even throw in the chick who uh ended up with uh Mopey Greg. Let's let's <laughs> oh, put them together. Oh, yeah. I'll Victoria count them. Victoria and Greg. Victoria yeah. and Greg. Yeah. yeah, let's that's it was uh, it might have happened while they were still filming. I have no idea. Um <laughs> So do we think Michael's going to stay together with Danielle? No. No. Okay. That was a very emphatic no. Let's let's hear the reasoning, Kim. Um, I still don't think Michael is ready to date. Mm. And I think that once, because um, do they live, they don't live in the same area and he's got a little one. So she's going to have to move to him. And I don't see her moving to Akron, Ohio. Yeah, he doesn't He doesn't live anywhere interesting, if yeah. I recall. It's so, not like. I highly doubt he's going to upset. Like, I, I have a feeling that, like, his in-laws are still in the area. His, you know, he's not going to uplift his kid away from the family. So she's going to have to go to him. And I don't see it happening. Mm. So. I think that they're probably the hardest one out of this group to predict. And I think that's because on one hand, I think that they're both really, they're mature, right? And I feel like they are also approaching this in like a really healthy manner, right? Let's be slow about things. Let's not have any of our milestones on the beach, right? You know, things like that. On the other hand, there's something about the two of them together that feels mismatched to me. Um, And I'm, there's a part of me that thinks that it's possible that they bonded so much over their shared experience of losing a partner that some of the other things maybe aren't there 
Mm. Right. Um, and I mean, she did mention this, like their losses were very different losses, you know? Um, and, and I do think though, the fact that she's aware of that and that they've probably discussed that, I mean, so it's like kind of this complicated thing where I see them as mature and like making some really healthy decisions in terms about how they move through things. But then like, on the other hand, there is just something fundamentally like she doesn't come across to me as sweet as he is. And I don't know. I don't, it's not anything bad about her necessarily. Like, um, because I think sometimes his like sweetness is a little much for me, right. You know, but like, I do think that there's like, he just seems like maybe he'd give a little bit more to this than I feel like I see her returning. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's just like something off there and I'm trying to articulate that offness and I don't know if I'm catching it. She did uh, <laughs> say that she is moving to Akron. Mm. So I, on us news, they reported she's agreed to move to Akron. So I've always found him. There's something about him. I find a little creepy and I can't figure out what it is. I know I'm in the, I know I'm in the, the, I'm okay being in the uh, minority on that one. He just, there's just something about him. I just, he's a little unsettling to me. There's an intensity to him. Actually, that reminds me a little bit of like Brendan. Is it Brendan or Brandon? I don't know. I've watched how many hours of this person. I know. Yeah. Like what Brandon? Yeah. With Serene? Yes. Yes. So I feel like there's like. There's like a similar intensity about the two of them that mm-hmm. like with both, I think it would be a little hard for me to handle. Like, yeah. I'm glad that you love me so much, but give me some space. I don't know. Um, yeah. And I feel like Michael also seems ready to bolt. Like there's an intensity, but it also seems like he is ready. There's a point where he's just like, this is too much. I'm done. And it's like, it'd be hard to balance that out. Maybe that's what it is with me is it's like, he wants to be in and and Kim, you've said this a lot. He wants to be in, he wants to be in, you know, he wants to get over, but then it's like, you know, he wants to move past his, his uh, significant other that passed away. But then it's like, I just can't, I, yeah, maybe that's what it is. What do you all think about the weird kind of tension between him and Sierra and the tension? Have you all followed any of that online? Well, no. Okay. So (laughs) I realized I started that like I had something to say, but then I was like, I don't know. Kim, have you? What? Have you followed any of the like Sierra, Michael, Danielle drama? Uh, no. So, I, I, I find Sierra and Danielle and Michael uninteresting to follow. So I haven't been following them. Well, so what's really interesting is the Sierra was really, you know, there's a lot of criticism of Michael after he broke up with her Mm -hmm. on Bachelor in Paradise. And, you know, Sierra had kind of come out and was sort of like, you know, hey, he got a better edit than he maybe deserved. And then has been pretty critical because I guess Danielle was on, why do I always mess up her name? Bristow's podcast. Caitlin Bristow. Caitlin. I always want to call her like Kristen or Crystal. I don't know. So Caitlin Bristow's podcast and apparently Danielle and, um, gosh, I forgot her name. Caitlin. (laughs) Caitlin. 
So Danielle and Caitlin Nicole. were talking and they like mentioned Sierra, but wouldn't even like say your name. Oh. And Sierra has just been really um, you know, overtly like has said things on in, you know, on Twitter or Instagram or whatever social she's using about sort of like how like not cool this was and that you know they're kind of that both Danielle and Michael are getting this sort of like narrative that is much kinder than they actually are Hmm. um but like what's interesting to me is you know Sierra who I think by the way is absolutely gorgeous um I like her skin is so pretty (laughs) Um, but I I like she's young and there's like a bitterness there almost mm-hmm. reacting to a lot of these things that's really off-putting um but I think that it's it's like kind of this weird little sector of the internet that is sort of like Danielle and Michael are like really not cool and they've been really awful to Sierra and hmm. it's like kind of a weird yeah it's like a weird counter narrative that I like believe but like, also, I'm like, I don't think this is that big of a deal. And like, y'all dated for like two days, like, let this go. Like, mm-hmm. if they don't know. So it's like a weird, I don't know. There's, it, it feels really interesting to me, but I don't know why. Hmm. Danielle, do you got the last one? Well, so I had two different things kind of left and maybe one I'll just sort of say, I'll do really quick. And then the other one's more fun. (laughs) So um, one of the things that I thought was visibly absent this entire season was any, anything around race. And I don't know if this is just like, oh, you know, we had to deal with it for a few seasons because like, that's what like the world, you know, or the U S I should say in particular seemed to be dealing with. And now like, we're just over, but like, it's kind of interesting because it was a very diverse cast. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know. I was just like thinking about how incredibly absent any conversation about race seemed to be from, and I'm like, well, is it just because it's Bachelor in Paradise? But I do feel like Bachelor in Paradise has taken on, you know, whether it's, you know, Demi bringing on her girlfriend, or I do feel like there's been discussions about race on Bachelor in Paradise before. And I just thought that it was interesting that it was so absent. I feel like they feel like that that one, they feel like they don't have to address stuff. Like mm-hmm. it just kind of happens, you know, even with Demi, it was just kind of like, Demi's bringing on her girlfriend. And it was like... <laughs> Let's just see what happens. And I feel like Bachelor and Bachelorette seems much more like we need to address this and make a statement. Do you think it's because more people that are the the people that complain about when they actually do talk about those things are only watching Bachelor and Bachelorette and aren't watching Bachelor in Paradise? So they don't really feel like they have to talk about it as much on Bachelor in Paradise because it's a, a more open fun loving audience than the bachelor and the bachelorette i think possibly i think that it's also possible because like the relationships are sort of like more you know like yeah you don't have a set you know bachelor or bachelorette that has you know a race (laughs) there's less of a narrative 
it's less like narrative driven that this person is finding love where it's like, we're just going to, people are going to get together. Okay. Going to the boom, boom room and drink margaritas for six yep. weeks. Maybe. As it yeah. should be. I don't know. So like, it's, it's an interesting, um, because I do feel like though it's been brought up a few seasons ago, but I also don't know if like race, and relationships as like a narrative which just like maybe the hot thing in television <laughs> you know or like you weren't gonna get off the hook not addressing it and like hmm. I don't know um so I I don't know I was just really aware of that and it just seems like you know like there's just no conversation at all about it and but yet like has like a really pretty diverse cast um so what I did want to talk about was attractiveness, <laughs> hey, which is, um, I was just thinking about how incredibly like attractive so many of these people are. And yet like, there's like a real person, like, but there's still like a real person level of attractiveness. You know, like you, like Jill is really unique looking, but also beautiful. Same with Genevieve, right? Like I felt like, and even Sinead, right? Like has a really interesting like facial structure. Like she doesn't have a skinny face. Like she, but she's beautiful. Like they're all beautiful. But like, I was just like, and then I was thinking about it and I was like, I think this show has traditionally had people on that are attractive but like people that like you know like I might know someone you know like that's actually as attractive as like you know some of the people on the show we're like maybe not all their abs but um I don't know that like I could tell you in all of my friend circle I don't know that I have any friends that like abs like on, on the show but like I do think that like well, like, there's some things that you can watch and you're like, yeah, like, these are all, like, just models. Like, I don't know any, like, I don't know two people in real life that look like any of them. <laughs> I don't think they would let someone on the show that wasn't. Attractive? Yeah. To the abs point... I, they must really starve themselves before they go on the show. They're also really young. Like it was, it was easy to be that in shape when you were young, but they also must really diet. But you're right. Like Demi was not like what you would, you know, she's not like the person that you would like pick out of a line and be like, that's like model attractive. Well, so you have somebody like, I don't know. Um, Tyler Cameron, who I think, you know, he is a model, right? Mm -hmm. But even like you go through things and you're like, okay, Aaron is a really unique looking dude, right? Like he doesn't have a perfect hairline. He, you know, like he doesn't, he yeah. has a unique face, right? And I think, um, you know, Johnny is maybe the closest to like, could look like a model, but even with him, it's like not quite. <laughs> You know, and there's like something that I really like about that. I don't even say that as an insult. Like I say that as like, oh, it, I wonder if it's like done on purpose where it's like, oh, 
one of us, if I had abs, could be on this show. <laughs> like when I, you know, was 20. I would watch a season with Danielle on it. That would be the episode where they all get drunk and you pull out your planners and you're like, listen, guys, what goals do you have for after the show? Like, I would be like the person, like everybody else is just trying to have fun. And I'd be like, let's have a meaningful conversation about life. Um, What would you be like on Kim? Well, Kim would be useful. I'm good. I will answer for Kim. Thank you. Uh, Kim would be useful because they don't have cell phones. And she has the most like outstanding knowledge of pop culture of just about anybody I know. And so she would be so useful because you'd be like, who is in that movie? And then they would all look at Kim. Yeah. I think Kim might have left us. <laughs> Kim yeah, is- I don't know. Like, here's the thing that's funny is like, for me, I was a very shy dater. I know like that seems like funny because I'm kind of loud and obnoxious sometimes, but like, I would have been so uncomfortable with all of all of this. And I would have been like, um, like y'all, I got to go to bed. It's o'clock. Like even in my mid twenties, I've been like, mm, girls yeah. got to go to sleep. Like, where's our routine here? I'm not I a take the to bring books because I would just bring books and sit on the beach and read for six weeks if I was allowed to. Well, Kim, I don't know if you heard us, but I already said what you would be good for, which is you would be like Wikipedia because oh. you have you have more knowledge about pop culture than anyone <laughs> I know. And so it'd be like, who played that? And you'd be like, oh, it's you know, Dame Duty Gent. I could just recreate movies. So yeah. that we wouldn't be bored with no entertainment. I would just act out the movies we want. I'm not a take the bull by the horns type person. And so I think I would not be fun because it would be like, you know, you got a battle for people. And I was very like, yeah, they don't like me. They don't like me. It's fine. You know, like I would be. My usefulness was when I get drunk, I become quite mischievous. So I think I would be like stirring up shit between people and like. Would you be like that Jordan dude? Like, would you like take a giant stuffed animal of someone's and like throw it into the ocean? No, I would probably take, I would probably encourage someone to do it. Like I would be the the person talking. You'd be the bug in Jordan's ear. Yeah. That's drunk. Bill is, you don't, you don't want to have to deal with drunk bill. (laughs) In college, they called me the mayor of fun because I would, it's like, you get me going and it's like, Hey, here's what we're going to do. Let's convince this guy to steal a stop sign. <laughs> yeah. So. No, I was, I was kind of the enabler too, but I never wanted to do it myself. Cause I was too scared of getting into trouble. Yeah, no, I was the guy who like, I like, let's get that person will do it. I can talk. To <laughs> Stand back folks. I'm going to use my I was the one with water in their purse for everybody. <laughs> oh, I love that. Kim. I love that. Well, that's the end of the season, y'all. Woo! It was a season. It, it was. was so long. <laughs> yes. I actually There's... enjoyed a lot of it. I just think that I could have like still enjoyed it, maybe even enjoyed oh. it more with like 50% less of it. It could have been two weeks shorter, easy. The whole uh what's his name and the Ashley. I they still haven't given me any closure on why I had to deal with that. Um I want that two hours back. I feel like they only needed one episode a week. 
Oh yeah. I could have handled the length of weeks. I just yep. don't need double episodes a week. Yeah. Like I got, I have a family I need to see sometimes. <laughs> well, I don't have that. I just have other TV shows I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are we ready for our shout out? Yes. All right. We are, uh, we had a listener from Las Palmas de Gran Canaria, part of the Canary Islands. So if you remember your biology lesson, uh, um, the dude who did evolution, I cannot remember names. Today. Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin. I believe all most of his research was done. See, this is why you need Kim on the island. Um, was done on the Canary Islands. So uh, Origin of Species was written because of his experience there. So uh, it's very warm there. Uh, it gets up to 80s. Um, not much going on. They don't have much industry, but they have a lot of culture, theaters. Exist. I thought it was like Galapagos Islands or something. Was you know, Danielle can't pronounce anything. Oh, the Galapagos. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Galapagos. Yes, something like that. I read a lot and don't have to say things out loud. So, <laughs> um, let's see. Maybe it was no, little... I think you're right. <laughs> I just don't want to confuse our listeners. No, he, about okay. Charles Darwin was he I... at both places? Stop. He did stop in the Canary Islands. Okay. But then he was in the Galapagos and it had to do with like finches and stuff. Well, now this makes all my information about like the, the Canary Islands just useless. They've got beaches, they've got parks, there's some architecture, uh, airports, um, famous people who care. Not Charles Darwin now. (laughs) Uh, I thought he went on vacation there. (laughs) <laughs> he didn't really do anything he sat in red <laughs> he sat in red on the beach for six weeks like me well canary island people thank you for listening i would like to know who this one rando from the canary islands is so <laughs> that's all i got for y'all this is amazing check back in a couple months we'll be here folks yep 378,517 people live there that might be all the Canary Islands. Kim's gone. I'd go to the Canary Islands. I would too. All right, everybody. Happy holidays. I don't think we'll, maybe we'll do a, a holiday show. I don't know. Ooh, uh, Kimbo is quickly hurtling towards being a homeowner. And so Ooh. she yes. will have impressive uh, interwebs at that point. And... I better because this is getting GD frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to Bachademia with your hosts, Danielle Dick McGue, Kim Hanna, and Bill Henney. All thoughts and opinions expressed on the show are solely those of the person who spoke them. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the show, leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, please share with your family, friends, colleagues, and other Ardent Bachelor fans. If you have comments or questions you would like us to address on the show, you can email us at bachadamia at gmail.com. Or on the Twitter with the handle at Bachadamia. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.